0: Welcome to a Product
1: Spotlight episode of the MarTech Podcast. In this episode, we're going to get a guided tour of an email deliverability platform that sends more than 5 trillion emails a year. SparkPost is the world's number one email sender and delivers over 37% of the world's B2C emails. They have an unmatched data footprint, real-time alerts, and spam monitoring tools that allow companies to find and fix problems with their email campaigns before they become an issue. Joining us today for this Product Spotlight episode is one of our show's sponsors, Amy Durr. Amy is a Vice President of Product Management at SparkPost, and she is responsible for managing the development of one of the world's largest and most complex email, text, and cross-channel messaging platforms. Here's our interview with show sponsor, SparkPost's VP of Product Management, Amy Durr. Amy, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: It's great to have you here, and I want to first off start by saying thank you for being one of the sponsors to our show. Yeah, Excited to hear a little bit about SparkPost and about how you help enterprise companies deliver email. So let's just start off first by talking a little bit about you. Tell us about your background and how you ended up arriving as the VP of Product Management at SparkPost.
2: Great. Well, I'm really excited to be here, so thank you for having me. So I've been at SparkPost for eight years in March. And I have a background in math and human sciences, so anthropology and psychology. I've always been interested in how people work and the things and tools that they need, to do the things that are really important in their daily lives. So I started my career really working in technology and helping to understand those complicated problems and have just worked my way through at SparkPost for the last eight years, helping to create what's a really exciting product with an awesome team.
1: The thing that sticks out to me is you have a math background and a humanities background, which are two sort of, I don't want to say dynamically opposed, but I guess two different parts of the brain that you use. Yeah. That's a really interesting background. So let's talk a little bit about SparkPost specifically. What is SparkPost for those of our listeners who don't know?
2: So SparkPost is an email service provider for companies where email is extremely critical to your brand. Those of you that may not know, email continues to be the number one ROI of any marketing channel out there, often by two to three X of the next leading marketing channel. So while it's been around for about 40 years, it continues to grow in importance. And the thing that we're really focusing on is how we can help our customers really create contextual messages and relationships with their consumers. And we're doing that with data. And we're really excited about working and partnering with our customers to create that awesome experience.
1: So in some of the ads that I've read for SparkPost, they start off with me saying, Newsflash, email is your most important marketing channel. And that's not just ad copy. That's actually something that I was saying that we converted into ad copy. But the point is, for my business and for many of the businesses that I've consulted, email is the easiest, fastest, and most direct way to reach your customer with a personalized message. Talk to me about the specific problems you're trying to solve at SparkPost.
2: I would say the number one problem is that we as consumers over really the last decade and a half or so have shifted how we interact with brands. And what I mean by that is that even at the beginning of the century, it used to be that a brand could decide how and when they talk to us and what that interaction would look like. So we would get... Maybe an email, but it would likely be a piece of collateral in our actual mailbox. We would have to go into a store to purchase things. You know, we would have to call on the phone to actually talk with someone. And now there's all of these different channels. So we're really inundated with like the different paths that we can communicate with one another and with brands and it becomes really noisy. So I don't know about you, but I feel completely saturated with all the different ways that I can be talked to, whether that's with a B2B or B2C company trying to talk to me or just people in general trying to talk with me. So that could be my email or my text or the web or an app or what have you. And what it really comes down to is that we have to help our customers really break through the noise of all of this distraction so they can understand how to have the best relationship with their customers and not just constantly push messages out to them, hoping that they'll be seen in this big flood of messages and signals that people are sending, but really to be conscientious about listening to the feedback that we get from the data in terms of how to have a good conversation and how to treat consumers with respect in terms of that relationship that you're building with.
1: It's funny that you're talking about the different ways and how many options there are to reach out to a consumer. And I'm going through my head thinking, I have a cell phone so people can call me, they can text me. For my consulting clients, some of them use Microsoft Teams. I use Slack for my personal business. There's direct messages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm sure I'm missing another social network that's out there. I have six different email inboxes. Like I'm constantly being inundated with multiple different types of direct messaging that is personalized. And then on the flip side, as a not a consumer, but as a business, managing the multiple tools of sending emails, running Facebook campaigns, advertising campaigns across multiple different social networks or other advertising channels, text messages, communication, in-person meetings, like there's a million different ways that we're communicating these days. And I totally see the need for this sense of consolidation Just focusing on the multiple ways which businesses reach out to consumers, are there specific types of customers or specific industries or personas that you think about at SparkPost and trying to help people consolidate the messaging into their inbox?
2: So when I think about personas, there's a couple ways that we think about that. Obviously, there's buyer personas, people who are interested in purchasing a product. Then there's the personas of people who are using it and the personas of people that they are sending to. So we service both B2B and B2C types of organizations within inside SparkPost. And within those, there's very different people that you're trying to talk to. So if it's a B2B company, there's a whole set of different challenges and problems that you're trying to solve for. But certainly from a B2C standpoint, what you're really trying to solve for there are the things that we're trying to help in terms of how we're advancing our analytics and data platforms the goal is to drive conversion to drive retention to drive lifetime value so helping them in terms of content and content optimization helping them in terms of really driving for engagement and conversion and focusing on those skill sets as opposed to just can we deliver it faster and more is what we look to do
1: so what i'm hearing is that your primary focus it's a b2b product right you're helping enterprise scale businesses or scaled businesses understand what content they're sending and helping them optimize it, helping them evaluate whether their email marketing strategies are effective. And you're also making sure that their emails are actually being delivered. Absolutely. Are there different personas or segments that you find to get the most value out of this? I'm assuming that e-commerce companies send a ton of email because you have your transactional emails, your receipts, your cart abandons. There's a ton of emails you could send for e-commerce consumer, maybe social media, what are some of the other classes or segments that you see being specifically heavy email users?
2: Well, for B2C, there's all of those things. There's the ones that you just mentioned that are sort of triggered or transactional, where it's password resets or card abandonments. And then your typical, hey, I want to update them on some new products that we have, or just keep a newsletter confirmation going there. For B2B companies... They're typically working or sending on behalf of other customers. So we see a large market in the B2B SaaS or next-gen marketing companies, CDPs, companies that are working with a lot of the B2C organizations and helping them to understand how to create a journey and how to create a relationship using all of the data that they have about a customer to really help inform those things.
1: Okay. So talk to me about what the tool actually does and how does it provide value to those customers?
2: So at the highest level, we provide APIs, templating capabilities, and the ability to track engagement and all of the data that comes back from sending an email so that you can, at scale, so to your point earlier around us servicing enterprise organizations where we service the largest senders in the world. So at scale, you're able to create a template, create a message and determine who you're going to send it to and send it through our system. We also have data services and products that we're crafting to help you optimize who you're sending to and when you're sending to so that you don't fatigue the people that you're sending to and that you're helping to drive towards what's the most likely ability that I have to engage with this person now.
1: So you have a system of APIs that allows you to basically pull in an email template figure out who you're going to be sending your email to. You're working with a large audience. And then you're also looking at content analytics and what you call data services that help you understand when to send an email, which has the highest probability of generating a response.
2: Correct. The thing that people care about the most, and maybe this is a terrible analogy, but I think of it in terms of when somebody's starting off dating, you can send them text after text after text. If they're not responding, you should probably get the hint that, hey, maybe you shouldn't send to them anymore. Maybe you want to slow it down a little bit. Maybe you want to give them a break and see, are they interested and let them come back to you? And the same thing happens when a brand is, or a company is talking to a consumer, is that they have to listen to the data signals that are coming back. Like, what is this person telling us by their direct and indirect responses? And because we service over 5 trillion emails a year, which is really 37.2% of the world's commercial traffic, We have a data footprint that can help us really understand really what are all those signals that we're seeing from recipients? What are they saying about what they want to see and what they don't want to see and when?
1: Okay, so let's say I'm a SparkPost customer and I'm sending an email out to a large database and it's a newsletter. I understand the need to optimize who I'm sending this to because some people might be on the fringe, might not want to receive this newsletter. So I don't want to just repeatedly hammer people with emails if they're unlikely to be responsive. On the flip side, there are some things like transactional emails where somebody has a password reset or their credit card needs to be updated or something that's like, I 100% need to reach this person, even if they rarely ever respond to my emails. Talk to me about some of the deliverability services that you have for the times when you're doing those transactional emails as opposed to like the content and marketing type emails.
2: So those are absolutely critical, and they are really, I would say, the nuts and bolts of what we do really well. I mean, at our core, we are a highly scalable email API that can get the emails out and through our system and delivered to the ISPs or the internet service providers. So, for those types of messages, there's a lot of roles that internet service providers have in terms of how much you can send to them and when. And it's really important that you build a good reputation with all of those ISPs to ensure that you're able to deliver those critical messages as soon as they need to be sent.
1: So, just talking about email deliverability for those of the people that are not necessarily in the enterprise service, I know that there's a bunch of different tricks around making sure that your emails are delivered. Talk to me about some of the topics that are related. I know there's, I think it's DMARC and there's a whole bunch of other ways. Like why is email deliverability such a black box?
2: Some people call it like a dark arts, but the truth is DMARC is a security standard to ensure that as you're sending the email and it's being received, that we know who is sending receive and we agree with those things. But from a deliverability standpoint, it goes back to... An internet service provider like Gmail or like Yahoo or Oath or Hotmail, they want to protect two things. They want to protect their customers and their customers are people who have signed up to have a mailbox with them. So they have a responsibility to those people to ensure that they aren't allowing things to go into those inboxes that people don't want and protecting them from malicious activity. And they have a responsibility to protect their network so that they don't want a bunch of things sent to their systems that are junk or malicious or aren't valuable. And to determine that, they look at a variety of things. And every service provider has different algorithms that are constantly changing to make these determinations. So some of it's based off of, hey, does that email address actually exist? Or once I got that email, did I hit the unsubscribe button? Or did I say this is spam or junk and throw it away? Those types of signals to an internet service provider say, hey, you're sending things that these people don't care about, or you don't actually know, does this person actually exist? You haven't done a good job of looking at your sign up practices. You haven't done a good job of ensuring that you're sending to people that care or want your messages. There's another section of this which has grown over the last couple of years that has really become the core thing that internet service providers like Gmail focus on, which is are you sending to people who are engaged with you? Are you sending to people who are opening a message, who are clicking on a link in a message, or are you just sending to everyone, regardless of whether they actually seem like they want to get your message? And if you're not taking care of that, if you're not focusing on only sending to people who are engaged, or modulating the frequency to which you send to non-engaged people, we also think that you're not a great sender. So we're highly likely not going to put you into the inbox and therefore you have very low likelihood of being able to be seen. So it's really important from a sender's perspective that one, you work with a company who has tools that can automatically understand all of the different rules that are happening at all of the thousands of different ISPs across the world and be able to handle those things proactively in terms of how much we're sending and how many connections, but can also help you understand, hey, you're doing something from a sending practice that is likely to really hurt your ability to grow your business.
1: So it seems like that's the core value proposition of SparkPost is that you have the data from 5 trillion emails. You have more data than anyone else to understand what the ISPs consider to be spam, irrelevant, untargeted content. And so you're able to help people understand and modify their email sending practices. Absolutely. Okay. Talk to me about when that becomes an issue and who are the types of companies that need this service. It seems like this is an enterprise scale product. What's the dividing line where people should start thinking and considering their email deliverability as a product?
2: Anybody that cares about reaching their customers and using email as a channel to engage and drive additional value out of that channel and additional value out of their consumers should care about it. So. Certainly people who are running their local baseball group, this isn't a big issue. But if you have any kind of small to medium business, whether it's B2B or B2C, you're really going to care about, am I able to get through? And by that, I mean, am I able to actually deliver? Am I able to deliver and then get to the inbox? And what's the likelihood that if I get to the inbox, I'm likely to have my message seen at all because of how frequently I'm sending or whether this person is just disengaged entirely. What are
1: some of the signals that people that are using email as a business tool? I email people regularly. I'm looking for sponsors. I'm looking for guests to be on my podcast. Is there an open rate that I should be considering, a response rate? Is there a way for me to evaluate whether I'm being put into spam and whether I need a product like SparkPost?
2: Certainly. I think it wildly varies by industries, and I could certainly look up some data points for you. but. There are open rates that you should be looking at. And certainly for things like the password resets that we talked about earlier or your receipts, those things have an extremely high open rate, north of 60 to 70%, where people are actively looking at those things, which you can imagine to be true. And then for things that are more newsletter driven or are card abandonment type things, you're looking anywhere from 20 to 30% is kind of in a good range. If you're below that, you should really start evaluating how can I change this up to drive additional value? What am I doing that is not reaching the audience that I really want it to reach?
1: In terms of volume, like I understand the the need in the sense of evaluating whether your emails are being delivered and that SparkPost is a tool that can help you. What is really the volume that you think people should dedicate some of the technical resources to solving email deliverability?
2: I would say if you're sending 50 to 100,000 emails a month, that's when you really want to start understanding what the impact of these activities is having on you. Below that, You're likely too small for the ISPs. It's not that they don't care. It's just that they don't see that you are really going to have such a negative impact that they take such strict regulations with you as if you're a much larger sender.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like when you're in the mid five figures in terms of email sends, it's time to start looking into making sure that your deliverability stays high. This becomes a larger problem as you're sending more emails. Talk to me about some of the competition. Who else is delivering these types of services and how is SparkPost different than them?
2: I would say our direct competition, we see SendGrid and Mailgun quite a bit. The difference that we see from our standpoint and theirs is that we have been around in email for almost 20 years now. We have a proprietary technology that is what underpins most of the world's traffic. So at scale, we are the number one from that. We have no issues delivering the highest of volumes, right? So we just talked about anywhere from 50,000 a month on up, but we have some customers who are doing 8, 10, 15 billion a month. So you can really think of the challenges that those types of activities cause when you're getting to scale that large. From a deliverability standpoint, when you're sending volumes that high, you're also sending to a number of ISPs. You have a number of different message streams that you're sending. We have a proprietary technology called Adaptive Delivery, the adaptive email network that is patented to help automatically understand all of the different responses that are coming from ISPs in real time and help to slow down, speed up, or change the amount of connections that are going on with an ISP so that you don't overwhelm them and so that you don't accidentally hurt your reputation if something is to go wrong.
1: Essentially, you're able to do load balancing with the ISPs, so when you're sending out emails, you're making sure that all of the emails are not being sent at once to overwhelm an ISP, so they start flagging things that shouldn't necessarily be flagged.
2: Essentially is some of them and to ramp up when we're able to ramp up without having to have people in the midst of the process. So competitors have to have somebody who's actually looking at their logs and making changes to configurations to make that. And if you're doing that, you've already missed the opportunity to get those messages delivered.
1: So you have an automated process that allows you to basically infinitely scale with the number of emails that you're sending, as opposed to some of your competitors are doing manual processes to try to make sure that they're batching emails together without overwhelming the ISPs. Correct. Great. Talk to me about how your customers are evaluating their investment in email deliverability, specifically in SparkPost. What are the KPIs that they use and how do they estimate the ROI of using your tool?
2: So what I would say is deliverability is a fairly overburdened word. It can mean things like, did it actually get delivered? Did it get to the inbox? So some of the KPIs that people care about is really, did it get delivered? But mostly do I have the same engagement rate? Do I have the same open rate or the same click through rate as I have with an existing provider, or is it even better? When people come to us, they're looking at ISP response codes, they're looking at third-party tools to help them understand their reputation scores, and they want that to be as good or if not better when they come to us. But ultimately, the thing comes down to how do I drive even more revenue and growth for weekly active users or daily active users out of my email program by using SparkPost?
1: I've run email marketing campaigns mostly on the B2C side as a consultant, and some of them were at scale where we were reaching out to tens of thousands of new leads in a month. And the way that I put the campaign evaluation together was basically in a cascading format going all the way down to responses and revenue. But I was thinking, how many people are we trying to reach? How many email addresses did we send? Did they actually get to an inbox? Did they get caught by a spam filter? Did they get opened? Did they get clicked? Did they have some sort of response? Was that response the one that we wanted? Those are really the metrics that I'm thinking about to evaluate my, that was an email outreach campaign. Are there any other KPIs that I'm missing?
2: If you're looking at conversion metrics, so if there's any purchase events, that's certainly one, but mostly those are accurate. I think the challenge with some of the ones that you mentioned is There's no definitive way to know whether something's reached an inbox. There are certainly some industry standard tools that can help you have a view on what that may be, but none of the ISPs actually give back. Did you get it delivered or did you get it to the inbox specifically? So all of that is directional. And the best way to really understand whether or not your campaign is working is really through that open rate and that click-through rate and that activity on the website or wherever you sent them to take whatever action you were hoping to take with that campaign.
1: At the end of the day, the email marketing channel, is it's really more than just email marketing, it's email in general, we mentioned is one of the most powerful tools. And when you're sending emails at scale, right, when you're sending billions of emails in a month, a fraction of a percentage of deliverability on something like your credit card has expired or your password resets has a real tie in to monetization, not just the top of the funnel email outreach, but the bottom of the funnel, you know, really core transactional emails are incredibly valuable. And when you're sending a lot of those, making sure that they're being delivered and working with world-class tools to ensure that that is done correctly is incredibly valuable. And to me, that's really the core comp for SparkPost is the large enterprise senders, absolutely, there are people that are down market that this makes sense, but making sure that your emails get delivered in the most critical moments when you have dollars on the line, that to me is what I think of the core competence of SparkPost.
2: I would definitely agree. I think the point I'm trying to make is it, it's great to be delivered, but that's only the first step of the process. The real challenge is in being seen. To my point earlier about how do you break through the noise of everybody else? who's being able to get delivered because at scale, most of the legitimate senders have fairly good deliverability rates. So we can certainly help keep those high, but where we can really take our data and help you is in tuning for driving that additional engagement, because it's really important to get delivered, but it's even more critical to have a company like SparkPost help you get engaged and help you get seen.
1: Absolutely. You're totally right. It's not just about getting into the inbox. It's about reaching the customer, the right copy, the right message, all of those things factor in. So turns out, you know, SparkPost's core competency better than I do. And that's the reason why we have you on the show. (laughs) Any last words for people that are listening that are interested in SparkPost or learning about email deliverability?
2: We would love to talk with you. We're really excited about the direction that we're headed. And there's a lot of great innovation going on in this space email is unique and it is difficult. And one of the things that we are really proud of is our ability to really focus on that. Whereas a lot of our competitors are moving towards this all in one space, we think it's important to work with people who are best in class in each of the things that they do. And email is something that we're really passionate about. And we're really passionate about the customers that become partners and really friends that we work with here. So... I'm happy to talk with anyone and hopefully get the opportunity to meet with you and talk about our product.
1: I'm excited about SparkPost for a couple of reasons. A, I'm appreciative of you and the rest of the team being a sponsor of our show and helping us reach more marketers. And I'm grateful for your investment in the show and your belief that we're reaching a valuable market of marketers. Outside of that, SparkPost is a leader in the email industry, but when I go onto the SparkPost website, there is content and tools for the people that are not ready to be their customers yet. I went to sparkpost.com slash academy to do a little research for this podcast and some of the other things related to our sponsorship. And the tone of the content is really made for people that are learning about email. And you could get very sophisticated with some of the documentation that they have on their website. But if you're just starting to learn about email as well, it's a great resource. So if you're past that 50,000 email mark and you're ready to start making sure that your deliverability is up to par... SparkPost is a great resource, but if you're just learning about email marketing in general, there's also a lot that you can learn before you get to that mark where you're ready to start investing and building out technologies to make sure your emails land where they should. So Amy, let me just say thank you for being our guest. Thank you for being our sponsor. And it's great to hear about SparkPost.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Okay. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Amy Durr for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Amy, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Amy Durr, that's A-M-I-E-D-U-R-R. Or you can visit her company's website, which is sparkpost.com, S-P-A-R-K-P-O-S-T.com. A special thanks to everybody at the SparkPost team for being our sponsors. If you're interested in learning more about email deliverability, like I mentioned, you should head over to sparkpost.com academy to learn as much as you possibly can about email. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always wanna hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question where you can send us your marketing questions which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can also reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up for you for the rest of the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks again to Amy Durr for joining us. And until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.